Hey guys, welcome to a very special, chilled episode of uh, <laughs> the Play Podcast. I don't care if it's the third time you've said it, it's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> the reason it's chilled is because, hey guys, it's fucking summertime. You know, when the hot gets heaty, you gotta put on the AC. For your CD. Yes, exactly. That's for your bum. Or I thought you meant crotch. For your CD. Oh, yeah. Your bum crotch area. Or just crotch. Straight crotch. Yeah. This is a crotch episode. Um, <laughs> it's, it, I guess. It's not. And like I was saying, it's another, it's also a chilled episode for another reason. How's that? What's that? No. Why? so <laughs> I'm pulling a lorry. And there's not going to be a concise essay for this episode. Cool. Um, I watch stuff. It's good. <laughs> I read a lot of stuff. I, I did learn about the case. And we're going to see how much of it I can remember from short-term memory. Sounds like someone's pulling a lorry. <laughs> you think when you go to school and you like do that, and the teacher's like, where's that book report? You're like, I can give a fucking oral... Oh, yeah, I did that all the time. They're like, this kid's pulling a lorry. Uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be known as. But the, it's like one of those things from the movies where they're like, holy shit, she's doing it. She's pulling a lorry. And then everybody from other classes run in and they're just like, she's fucking doing it. She's doing it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lori's in another classroom just like, where is everybody? Yeah. Where is everybody? Wait, here's a quip. Where is everybody? It's just- Where the fuck is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about uh, the case of Rocio Wenenkoff, mm. uh, which is really the murder of Rocio Wenenkoff, mm. um, which was covered recently on the new Netflix docuseries, Murder by the Coast. So it's a little bit of a cinema, a little bit of an exclusive episode, we're mixing it up. Nice. A little country. A little rock and roll. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Everybody's wearing jeans. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in October of 2009, 19-year-old Rocio went out that night to... Why are you laughing? I'm just smiling at you. It's going to be distracting. Okay, I won't look at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're looking too f- too let. Okay. Oh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. Okay. <laughs> I'll split the diff. I'll look at the door. Okay. So 19 <laughs> 19-year-old Rocio went out that night and her plan, she told her mom was to go to her boyfriend's place and then from her boyfriend's they were going to go to the fair. And at, her, at the fair, she was going to meet her friends. So, Rocio leaves that night. She goes to her boyfriend's. And then, on, uh, on her way out, I guess her boyfriend didn't want to go to the fair with her. Mm-hmm. They live, by the way, this takes place in uh, Mijas, Spain. You're already miles ahead of Lori. <laughs> You've given us a location. Stop it. She does great. When did this, when, I'm kidding. When did this happen? What year was this? This was in 1999. 1999. The new, uh, on the dawn of a new millennia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. Big. Yeah. Big yeah. Sure. Didn't one of them have an album named 19... No, Millennium. Backstreet Boys had an album named Millennium. 
You think they were listening to it at the fair? Yeah, probably. Well, no, I don't think it was out yet. Oh, okay. I don't know. We that's one fact we'd have to look up. <laughs> Maybe somebody had an advanced tape. I'd like it. <laughs> or a disc. So, I guess her boyfriend didn't want to go with her to the fair because Rocio decides to go back home and get ready for the fair before heading out to meet her friends there. And on the short walk home, which was 0.5 kilometers from her boyfriend's place to her place, which is about a quarter mile. Oh, okay. It's nothing. And about a quarter mile, uh, there was one guy who saw her walking at one point, and that was the last time that Rocio was ever seen alive again. The next day, when she hadn't come home, her mom started looking for her. She asked her friends if they had seen her, but she said that she had never showed up at the fair. And her boyfriend told her that she was supposed to go, or he was supposed to go meet her at the fair, but had fallen asleep. I have a real quick question. Yeah. That guy who saw her last, did they talk to him in the documentary? They did not talk to him in the documentary, no. That is got, I mean, just that's such a mindfuck when you're, when you're just like, oh, did you see her? Yeah, I saw her. Well, it gets even you're the worse. Last person to see her. There, there's an even there's a person that, well okay so here we here we go okay. so that same day after asking her friends uh, and no one has seen her Rocio's mom whose name is Alicia Ornos mm-hmm. Alicia is my mom's name so it was easy to remember <laughs> I, I heard it once or twice and I was just like oh, that's what <laughs> um Alicia and her friend decide to go out for a walk to chat. Her friend is like, okay, let's go for a walk, you know, because both her friend and her partner at the time were like, this is normal. Rocio's 19. Maybe she's just out and just, you know, deciding not to come home. Sure. But Alicia has a bad feeling. So her and her friend go for a walk to try to settle her nerves. And on the walk, in a vacant, like they pass by a vacant dirt lot, they see a big puddle of blood. And they look at the puddle of blood and they're like, and the mom at first is like, oh, somebody must have killed an animal or something. But upon closer inspection, she notices a pair of sneakers near the blood. And she recognizes those sneakers as belonging to her daughter, Rocio. So they call the police and an investigation goes, is underway. Because there is no body, Rocio is presumed missing and not dead. I guess it wasn't too much blood that they found. It was a lot of blood. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a significant amount of blood. Oof. And it has to be to notice it from the road, because they're walking along the road, and then if you take a look at like where the uh, at an overhead of the vacant lot, it's a vacant, it's like a large vacant lot that you're not going to go, and like a mom wouldn't go in the lot because it's like all dirt. Sure. So, like, a mom likely wouldn't be like, let me go traipsing in the, in the dirt. Right. Because um, they're moms. And they like to be clean. Oh, they moms. <laughs> oh, they mummies. <laughs> oh, they mummies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the investigation, the, there's a search underway, right? And this yeah. is a big deal in this little town. This little town is known for its tourism and being really quiet. It's on Costa del Sol, which is a, it means a coast, coast by the sun, mm-hmm. or of the sun. 
and there's a lot of expats who live there. A lot of people from like London and all that who, you know, sure. they mostly live there. Interestingly, though, there's so much, so many expats living there that a lot of the restaurants and there's even clubs mm -hmm. that only cater to basically white people. <laughs> that live there and that's a separate thing from this case but that that is it doesn't have anything to do with this case really but i just found that interesting when i was reading you know like i think there's a lot of that shit going on in new york right now too i mean was like i mean new york's weird because it's like transplants and transplants but like yeah i mean you know native new yorkers who were like just there's just i mean they're just serving right i guess not expats but you know Hipsters. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hipsters, stop hipping. <laughs> um, so it's a big deal for the community. There's a big manhunt for her, for any sign of her. She was an au pair, and she had another part-time. Uh, but the family that she was an au pair for offered up the equivalent of around like $100,000, over $100,000. Wow. to find her because she was deeply cared about. She was loved by the families that she worked for and, you know, by her friends and everything. Right. But there was absolutely no sign of Rocio. Um, the police, upon their, uh, during their investigation, they come across, a, or a taxi driver comes forward, and he says that he heard something on the night that Rocio went missing in near, near, near the vacant lot where the blood was found he says that he was driving and he didn't have a fare with him he didn't have anybody with him um and when he was close by that vacant lot he had his windows windows rolled down and he began to hear screaming terrified screaming but instead of getting out and investigating he rolled up his windows and at that moment he saw the headlights of a big suv do a huge u-turn and he freaked out and thought he was going to get carjacked. That was a firework, everybody, if you heard that. He thought he was going to get carjacked and left the scene. He didn't mention it to anybody because he just thought it was something random until, you know, they started looking around for clues about Rocio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I feel bad for that guy because that guy's like... Maybe I could have done something. But then it's like, what do you do? What could you do? You see another car there. You can't, like approach the other car with your car i guess you could but you're risking your own life but maybe maybe he probably regrets not calling uh 911 that's the most he could have done i mean he's not john wick he's not gonna jump out you know, he, what if he was huh is he john wick or liam neeson it's john wick doing some liam neeson shit kind of was like doing some liam neeson stuff yeah Sure. <laughs> Stupid. That was a kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a hand thing. <laughs> but always Liam Neeson's. <laughs> well, okay. He didn't do that, uh, and that was one of the clues they received, right? Okay. And then other clues they found were there was a discarded cigarette butt near the blood. Can you pull DNA off of a cigarette butt? Yeah, cool. and they do. 
Oh, good. And the DNA on the cigarette butt matches an unknown male. All I know is that it's a male. Mm. And then weeks later, sadly, the body of Rocio is found mm. uh, nearby a golf course, also near her home. And when the body is found, it's found uh, pretty decomposed, but it's clear that she's been beaten and stabbed at least nine times. Ugh. How, how, like, over, like, over decomposed, like, sped up, or? They did say that in the case of Rocio, there was a rare wasp who had, um, sped up, who had fed on the body or something, and had sped up the decomposition process. Wasps can do that? I guess this rare wasp did. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Because I was like, I was thinking, what else could could do that? Like exposure to the sun. Yeah. Like if you're just fucking baking. That's gonna like, be the fat. I think that's gonna be the fastest one besides like water. Water, fucking water, because you're fucking. Ugh. You would bloat. What a mess, dude. So when she's found, she she's found with what seems to be a sexually. Uh, like a, um, it seems to be a sexual assault mm. because her, she's found with her legs spread and nearby and then in some black trash bags they find the clothes that she was in and that would be their one thing of note was a Nike t-shirt so then the police I, this is weeks into her into like looking for her right mm-hmm. so then the police start looking at who start looking harder I should say because they were already looking at people right uh, but they start looking harder at who would com- at who killed Rocio mm-hmm. and the boyfriend's ruled out because the boyfriend has a strong alibi he really was at home like sleeping he fell asleep that night I guess his parents know his parents yeah. his parents were there and then one of the people that was helping during the investigations is looked at and her name is Maria Dolores Vasquez. Mm. Maria Dolores Vasquez was Alicia's ex. They had been together for 11 years but had broken up four years prior to the murder. Okay. But when they were together, uh, everything was good at first. When the kids, Alicia has three daughters. She had Rocio and she had two other daughters. And she had had them from her first marriage. So then when she began a relationship with Dolores, Dolores became like a second mother to, uh, to the girls. And that continued for almost 11 years. But then towards like the end of their relationship, Rocio and Dolores started fighting a lot, which makes sense because I think Rocio was the oldest of the girls. So she would, uh, you know, of course, you know, people enter that rebellious phase and I think that's what happened with Rocio. Yeah. While Dolores, on the other hand, was not as forgiving about that stuff as maybe Alicia was. Okay. Dolores had been brought up with like a British education. She just was, she was said to be more, she wasn't very warm, is what you would say. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I have plenty of family members who I would describe that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not very warm. She wasn't very warm, and she, like, 
you know, she would kind of like be super strict. And there was one time, Alicia said, where Dolores grounded Rocio for the entire summer for getting bad grades, stuff like that. And then, you know, they would argue all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dolores was never happy with like the amount of chores that the girls did. Like she always thought they should do more. And I think this caused a lot of strife. And there was one time Alicia said that she remembers they got into a big argument, Rocio and Dolores, and then Rocio being, uh, you know, being maybe a little dramatic at the time because she's a teenager, was like, you know, Dolores is going to kill me and it's going to be your fault. So, so it's tough because these are the things that Alicia starts remembering when the police tell her that they are now looking at Dolores as a possible suspect. No, and she tells them. And she tells, yeah. You know, it's her daughter. Yeah, she tells them all this stuff. And then, according to Alicia, you know, once they tell her, she calls Dolores. And because she remembers another thing, she remembers that when they broke up, Mm -hmm. Dolores said that she would pay with what hurt her the most. And that she would cry tears of blood when they broke up. Uh, which is, you know, like, damn, that's fucking scary. Yeah, that's scary shit to say. Really, you don't want to hear that during a breakup. You oh. don't want to say those things. God. Everybody out there, watch what you say when you break up with somebody, because we've all been there. <laughs> and don't say you're going to cry tears of blood and I'm going to hit you where it hurts the most. Yeah, just fucking leave and go have a fucking milkshake. Yeah, say, ya bitch! Ya bitch, you hurt my heart! (laughs) And then just go away. Um, So she recalls all this stuff. She calls calls Dolores Mm -hmm. on the phone and she's like, did you do it? Did you kill Rocio? Mm -hmm. And then Dolores takes a pause because she's already been as part of the search parties and everything. She's been at Alicia's side the whole time. Oh, so that's gotta be like... yeah, so Dolores takes a pause, and then she says, how could you ask me that? Okay. And Alicia became suspicious. And then she said something along, Alicia said something along the lines of, you have hit me where it hurts the most. And Dolores said, D- now, I think that this might be a rough translation, because it is said that Dolores said, that is true. So that that little tip is from an uh, an English speaking uh, podcast, Case File. Case File, the Australian podcast, did a great episode on this, and I can't find another source, but I believe them about that little part part well, where that, that she said you've heard me hit and hurt me where and that yeah and that Dolores said this is true huh. like that is true. So I mean I'm sure it happened, but. That just maybe I don't know. I just wanted to say that, clarify. Yeah, that. I can see how that could be like weird, a weird translation sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, so this is all taken to be like Dolores is guilty, and then they start investigating her, and they find a, a lot of circumstantial evidence mm. against Dolores. Number one, they find that the same trash bags that were found by the scene were found in her house, which Hello. is like, which is. Uh, loose. It's loose. I mean, everybody has the same trash bag. Especially, I'm sure if you live in the same like tiny province. Yeah, everybody's buying the same trash bags from the same fucking store. And they found some used ones. And Dolores said that she uses them to go running. She's a runner, 
and she's super intense and she wears them to increase sweat. Trap? Test, test, test. Okay. Check, check, check. What? People wear trash bags to run. Yeah, that's an old trick. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, you wear trash bags to run to increase the sweat. What? It's not smart. <laughs> Obviously, it's really bad for you. You get really dehydrated, but... Why like, don't you just put on a fucking sweater? I mean, maybe she did. A lot of people, like, put on the sweater, put on the trash bags. <laughs> I figured you would put on the trash bag and put on the sweater. That what? is fucking madness. You never saw it in New York? No. I feel like you would have seen it in New York of all places. I don't think people do that shit in New York. <laughs> fucking crazy. Well, she that was her story for it, right? <laughs> okay. Then, um, on the night of the for the for her alibi, she says that she was at home taking care of her mother because her mother lives with her. Okay. She also said that she couldn't have gone out that day because her sister had also re- left her niece with her that night to take care of. So, no one else can really verify that this is true. And on the contrary, one of the neighbors comes forward and she says that Rocio's sister and niece, or sorry, Dolores' sister and niece, arrived the day after the disappearance. So, it wasn't an alibi. Nosy-ass fucking neighbor, by the way. Pretty cool. I guess... They hope you fucking cry. Well, is she? Because yeah. then, okay, well, we'll see. Because, okay, and then also, on the night of the, on the, uh, was it on the night? I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not 100% on this, but I think it's either the, the day before or the next night. She stops by a restaurant and she grabs something to drink. She talks to the waitress because, like, they know each other and she says that she's running to let off some steam, you know, because and and that's that's the last like eyewitness account of her outside of her home. Okay. Then this weird story comes out where her maid says, not her maid, a person sees her talking to her maid, Dolores, is talking to her own maid. And she says that in that moment, she has, after the, after the uh, murder was, this, or after she's missing, she's, um, she's holding a picture, a poster, a missing poster of Rocio. And she, uh, she's talking to her maid, and in the middle of the conversation, she takes a knife and starts stabbing the picture. What? Right. Super weird. Very odd behavior, right? That's not hearsay, though. That happened. That happened. And so the police take this as Dolores knew the method of the murder, stabbing, before that came out into the public. That's how they take it, um, right? So all this evidence is mounting up against her. The police and the media start painting Dolores as a cold, calculating, and vengeful killer. Alicia is convinced that Dolores did it, and now so is the public. Everybody takes Alicia's side, that this woman murdered Alicia's daughter for revenge. So they're just going to go nuts with it. They went nuts with it, absolutely. And interestingly enough, 
too, when she went to trial, she was arrested for the murder on all the circumstantial evidence. There was no physical evidence linking her to the murder. And by the contrary, if you recall, the only physical evidence is that of a male that's at the murder. The other thing that the police have going for them, too, is that Rocio was not sexually assaulted, even though she was in the in a compromising position when she was found. Maybe she just put that way to be humiliated? She was staged that way. Um, so they think this is another thing that they add to their belt of like, well, obviously she couldn't sexually assault her because she's a lesbian. So all this, and when she goes to trial, mm-hmm. this is the first trial in Spain by a public jury. Oh, wow. Before that, it was judges. It did wow. the, 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 the judging. So it's a big case already. It's being, it's huge case. And, you know, there, now there's a, there's a jury going along with it too. And during the trial, the prosecution used Dolores's homosexuality in the prosecution and the, in the case against her. They cited cases where it was said that homosexuality had increased bouts of violent behavior. They used, they used the, the smallest of things about Dolores' personality against her. They, uh, they mentioned that she, pref- that she liked to lift weights. They mentioned that she knew karate. And so they painted all this stuff in this negative light and associated it all with her being gay. She has arm wrestled occasionally. She owns multiple um, headbands. <laughs> arm wrestlers wear. Yeah. <laughs> I think she has a leotard in her closet for wrestling. She is gruff. Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know what gruff lesbians do. Yeah. They murder. It's a closed case. And apparently it was. No! <laughs> because no. she was convicted... Of the murder of Rocio Anikov, and she was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Okay. Which is a heavy sentence in Spain. Yeah. I'm not sure if you can get life in Spain or in many parts of the UK. I think they just keep adding on the, the years, but you never, I, I don't think it's often that you get life. Oh, they add on the years. Like, it's kind of worse. I don't know. I have to do more research. Huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So uh, she goes to prison, and the, 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 can- the country of Spain feels vindicated, Yay! right? And they've done this like, public execution, practically, of Dolores, and they think that they found their killer. But then in 2003, three years after the conviction of Dolores, who, by the way, is sitting in prison, and she appeals, and she gets her appeal mm. on the basis that she says that the argument, the prosecution's argument was flawed. Because because of, yeah. of the blatant homophobia. Sure. Okay. Good. Um, so she's now she's awaiting retrial. Okay. Then in two thousand and three, in in August of two thousand and three, a girl in Coin, Spain, spelled Coin, goes missing. Like ste- like a few steps from her door. Her name is Sonia Carabantes, and she's seventeen years old. Her friends say that she gets dropped off that night from, uh, I think, another fair, or at least some kind of, like, 
celebration. It was definitely a celebration. Okay. Um, they say, her friends say, we dropped her off like meters, yards from her home. Like if they would have stayed and watched, they could have seen her go in the door. Right. But they dropped her off and then they drove away. But the, in between the, the moment that she got out of the car and got to her front door, Sonia disappeared. When her mother, the next day, started looking for her, she came outside and she saw blood by the neighbor's car and she saw blood by her husband's car. And she noticed a broken taillight, or pieces of a broken taillight. Sorry, not a bro pieces of a broken taillight. Right, right. So they call the police, and then the police and these journalists that start swarming this whole case, they start noticing certain similarities between the way that um, Rocio initially went missing and the way that Sonia has gone missing. Then, a few weeks later, Sonia's body is also found. And the sad case of Sonia's body, she, her body was found in a stream covered in rocks. And before the police or anybody had found her, the wild dogs had gotten to her body. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes, very sad. Jesus. Even still, the police were able to recover certain pieces of evidence. They found that she was also strangled with her own T-shirt, just like Rocio. And they found biological evidence on her body. They found, like, skin flakes and stuff on her body of somebody else. When they tested the evidence, it came back as a match for the, evidence, the DNA evidence found on the cigarette butt in Rocio's case. Oh, no. Fuck. So, another like, oh, shit. Yeah. So now, clearly, that means Dolores was not guilty of the murder of Rocio. Um, so then they start looking for this unknown male. And they... I have to do a little bit of a jump here because I don't exactly remember all the steps. But the DNA... Oh, I remember. It's the most important part of the case. Um... Once that's revealed that, you know, there's a male, that it gets revealed to, the, the revealed to the public that there's a male involved in the case. Right. And that it's not Dolores. And at that point, a woman named Cecilia King comes forward and she says that she thinks that her estranged husband is the murderer. She tells the police about her husband, her estranged husband, Tony King. She says that she met Tony King in 1997 in London and then after a few months of dating she got pregnant so then they married right after their daughter was born okay. and that sorry that was 95 then in 97 they move to Spain to be closer to Cecilia's sister supposedly okay then she says that her husband starts acting kind of weird and she can't really put her finger on it but she knows something is wrong she says that he starts crashing cars <laughs> i don't know how many cars they went through but she started crashing cars randomly coming home late at night or not coming home at all and being very closed off and then she said that on the night that rocio disappeared when nothing yet was known 
Tony came home. He ran straight to the bathroom. And then when he came out, which was a long time later, he had left the bathroom immaculate, which to Cecilia was super suspicious because Tony was a fucking slob and always left everything on the floor. He has not been a good husband to... No. His wife... Clearly not. And probably, just Yeah. He's been a bag of shit. Yeah. Wow. So this is so strange to Cecilia that the next day, the ne- in the next few days, when Rocio's disappearance has been announced, she immediately starts to suspect Tony. She tells her friends and she tells her family and they all tell her that she's mad. That Tony couldn't do such a thing. Who's Tony? He's the one who killed Oscar. You're mad. It was him. He's leaving his underwear all over the house. He's got socks on the couch from three days ago. Dirty socks don't make you a murderer. <laughs> it was him. She is called insane by everybody around her. And she doesn't tell the police. Okay. Um, because, to be fair, she doesn't have any, uh, like, 100, like, she doesn't have any hard evidence. Right, no, no real proof. But she's weirded, enough, she's weirded out enough by Tony and sick of the financial hardship, too, that she finally leaves him. Oh, good for her. She left him, Very and nice. Tony moves out, and, you know, he goes through a couple of jobs. You can hear that on the mic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> she moves. He moves out, and he gets a couple of odd jobs. And then at one point, he's working at um, nearby Rocio's murder. And then later on, he's working somewhere nearby Sonia's murder. Right? Oh, around the same time. Around the same times. Yeah. Okay. So then the police start investigating Tony. And Tony, they, they obtain a DNA sample. Now, they don't say how they obtain the DNA sample. But I'm going to guess it wasn't through honest means, which is fine. It's totally fine. Maybe they just fucking did that cop thing where they yeah. tracked him around and they, they fucking picked up a cop. It's exactly what they did. Love that. Exactly what they did. They tracked him down to, like, where he, where he was working. It followed him from there to home. Mm-hmm. And then the DNA comes back as a match as the DNA on Sonia's body and the Rocio case. Do, 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 do. <laughs> they arrest Tony at his home. He is now living with another girl and their house, their apartment is on top of a school. Like it's in a school, a high school. What? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the deal was, you know, but you know, you, I guess it's like crazy where you find out people live. Sometimes. Yeah, on top of fucking Spain. It's like, you guys gotta clean that up. <laughs> yeah, he can't have people living in the school. Come on, Spain. Look what happened. People living in the school. That's fucking bananas. So he's arrested. Okay. And he's awaiting the... He's awaiting the... Uh, he immediately confesses to the murders wow. of Rocio and Sonia. And he even writes apology during, like, while he's in captivity, he even writes apology letters to the moms, which is like, fuck you. Because really, 
you start to notice that he starts like soaking in the stuff about being the murderer and all that. Not m- so much because he feels bad, but because it's bringing him attention. Hmm. So. It's a really bag of shit move. Yeah. So he does that. And then as the show is, as, as the murder is being broadcast, a, somebody in Britain sees him on TV. And when the announcers say, you know, this is a Tony Alexander King, she says that is not to herself. She's like, that is not Alexander, Tony King. That's uh, Anthony Bromwich. Anthony Bromwich had been this woman's attacker in the 80s. It turned out that back in the 80s, Alexander Bromwich, a.k.a. Tony King, I was trying to form my thoughts anyway. (laughs) Alexander Bromwich, a.k.a. Tony King, assaulted, or first he beat and then sexually assaulted five women in London. He became known as the Holloway Strangler. Because of the area, the area was called Holloway, where he was committing the crimes. Yeah, his case was really well known, and he did it through the through the eighties and I believe the nineties. And then the guy had had a long history of uh, basically being a fucking deviant. He did that. He he was arrested and he was charged with the assault of five women. Um, When he was sentenced. The judge called him a like uh, equal or what do you call it? The judge called him the equivalent of a Jekyll and Hyde monster because he attacked women because of his sex of his own sexual inadequacies. Like he would sexually molest them, which is terrible. Yeah. But he often wasn't able to rape them. Thank God, because he couldn't because of his sexual impotency. So he sentenced to 10 years. It? For those sexual assaults, yeah. Okay. And then oh, he. Oh, that's, in, that's, that's in London in the 80s. And so. then he gets out in 91. He doesn't even serve the 10. I think he serves like six. Well, as soon as he gets out, like six months later, he's arrested again for holding another woman at gunpoint and robbing her. And the case had sexual overtones to it. He's sent back to jail once again. And he gets out. I think a, a few months to a year later. Come on, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. It's crazy. Jesus. Um, and then at that point, because he's so well known as the Holloway Strangler, he changes his name to Tony King, which is legal in, uh, in London if your case, if for a criminal, if your case is well known enough, which I don't think is fair. That's, yeah, I mean, if your case is well known for you doing some dirty shit, I served my time. Yes, you served your time. You didn't serve your time. You did also rape those women. Mm-hmm. And you've got to live with that. Yeah. So yeah. So your name is going to stay Paul. Paul. And I think it can't be one of those things where it's a, it's a over overarching rule because it's like, oh, well, you have to consider the people that, like, that. you know, had a big media circus but were, you know, like... They did 20 years or whatever, and like when they're out, they're 80, they shouldn't be persecuted. But it's like, you can't do this. Is one of those 
case by case basis, I think. And I don't think, I think that a too. serial sexual offender no. should be allowed to change their name. No. Somebody wrongfully accused something, they have rights. Somebody who... So, you're right, it has to go from case to case. But fucking sexual serial shit, you can't... No, there's no fucking way. Yeah. So... I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> We're not going to fight about it. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to fight about it today. Yeah, not today. <laughs> so then he changes his name. He meets Cecilia. And, you know, he knocks her up and then they get married. <laughs> then in 97, a program on BBC One called Crime Watch has a video, a CCTV footage video of who appears to be Tony King. And um, what the, like... It's basically, I think, Scott, excuse me. <laughs> I think it works a little bit like America's Most Wanted, but it's not, it's not like the UK's Most Wanted. It's like these people are just wanted, like these people are, are known criminals. Okay. And so they're not necessarily looking for Tony King. When they show the CCTV footage, they're looking for the attacker and rapist of a woman who was attacked on a platform, a subway platform. And then the CCTV footage, you see Tony King coming into the station. So they want, they want to know if anybody, the way they frame it at least, is that they say, if you know or have seen this man, he may have information that we need to, uh, to arrest this woman's attacker. So somebody on the, some, somebody calls in. I'm sure a lot of people actually probably called in and he's identified as uh, Alexander Bromwich, a.k.a. Tony King. Right. And it's at this exact time that Tony and Cecilia moved to Spain. <laughs> to get away from it all. To get away from it all. <laughs> Cecilia maintains that it, they moved there to be close to her sister, but, I mean, it just really couldn't have been, come at a better time for Tony, I guess, that she go. wanted to be by her sister. I don't know which, what, which one came first. If he was the one that was like, maybe we should move by your sister, so you're by family. Yeah, you know, you like your sister, right? Right? Uh, in that like, other country? I, like, I guess. We, get, we could move. <laughs> and they move. Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so they what move. What are you telling me? Why are you telling me to shut up all the time? <laughs> shut up. Is it my voice? Kind of. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so they move there, and then when they move there, Interpol tells Guarda Civil, which is the Spanish police, they, they, they basically send out a report, right, saying keep an eye out on this guy. Um, but the people from the Guardia Civil say, like, we get these, like, reports from Interpol all the time, you know? That's their defense. And, and they're like, so we got the report. We acknowledge that this might be a person of interest at some point, but he was considered low risk. So nobody followed up. Nobody kept tabs on him. Nobody did anything. So he's just kind of living under the radar in Spain. Um... Until he's caught for these two murders. 
So that's fucking great. At least, at least he's gonna. Yes, he's caught and he's arrested and he's tried and he's found guilty of the murders and he's found guilty of the attempted rape of another woman in another part of Spain. Really? Yeah. So more people saw this picture were just like, that's God. Yeah. Yeah. How much time did he get? In total, I think he got 36 years for Rocio, 19 years for Sonia. I might have those numbers flipped. And seven years for the attempted rape. So in total, he got 50, I think 55, okay. was that 55, 56 years? Sure. Um, for, for these murders and attempted rape. Okay, that's, at least it's not like the fucking UK where it's just like, we're going to give him three months. <laughs> um, when he gets out, he gets to work in McDonald's. Yeah. And when he's arrested, Dolores, because Dolores is still sitting in prison, she finally gets out. After they didn't let her out yet? Well, they did when she, once he was arrested. I forgot to mention that. Why the fuck did, why the fuck did they leave her in there? Well, because it wasn't until his arrest. Yeah, but, well, I kind of feel like if they have the, the DNA evidence, they should be like, it's not her. Well, they, tr- they, they arrested him soon after the DNA came oh, back okay, and matched. So yeah. yeah. Um, she spent 17 months in prison. Damn. And she was released. Um... In the aftermath, huh? Did they give her anything? No. In the aftermath of the case, that's one of the things about the aftermath, is, first of all, Sonia's mom, you know, she is completely justified in saying that she can't believe that, you know, it took the murder of her daughter for this monster to finally be caught and put away for, for a long time. Yeah. For the rest of his life. And... Dolores was released, but she was never, she was exonerated, but nobody asked her for forgiveness. The government never apologized. The public continued to treat her like she was a criminal. And to the point where 10 years after she was exonerated, she went back on TV again and she was like, I am still being treated like I did something wrong when I've been proven innocent. People still elbow me in the streets and I'm not allowed to live a normal life. She moved from Spain to London and she lives a quiet life because the people of Spain continued to treat her so badly even after she was exonerated. Why do you think that is? I mean, it's kind of one of those phenomena where, you know, it's just this public opinion has already been formed and they already don't like her because she wasn't a quote-unquote likable person. Do you think was, like, homophobia was kind of rampant at the time? I think that was a big part of it. It was in the 90s and, you know, early 90s. 2000s. Yeah, really. I mean, you watch something, like, watch a comedy or watch a fucking, watch a, watch a movie of, with, 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 like, you know, just a public opinion at that time and you'll be like, Holy shit. Yeah. This is fucking homophobic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's really weird. It's really weird. People dropping F-bombs all the time. It's really weird for me. I grew up with my dad. You know my dad. Yeah. He's horrible. Yeah. And he's very homophobic. Yeah. And I grew up dropping F-bombs left and right. Like, not in a way where it was just like, oh, you're gay, therefore this. It was just like, oh, don't be this. Don't, you know, don't take all the chips yet. Yeah, yeah, F. But it, and then years and years later, like it hit me that it was just like, oh my god, I have been taught 
well, like, thing. And that's like a South Park thing. Remember that? Like, I mean, I'm not going to blame South Park for it. No. It's everybody. But I remember like when I was a kid, that's kind of what made it cool to say was that South Park said it, yeah. said it all the time. Like every other word. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that was a big part of it. And also, weirdly enough, Alice, Alicia, I don't know if she still does, but 10 years later... She still believed that Dolores had something to do with the murder. She believes... that is insane. Because she believes that Dolores didn't act alone. So she believes that King had something to do with it. King admitted that he followed Rocio home. You know, he saw her on the street and he followed her home on that short walk. And then he held a razor to her neck. And when she panicked, he panicked. And instead of... I'm not going to say just, but instead of sexually assaulting her and leaving her there, he also, he panicked and killed her. And then, I don't think that's true that he panicked. I think that he wanted, I think he was elevating. Every time he committed a new crime, it was a bigger crime. Yeah. You know, he started with strangling women until they passed out. And then he started holding women at gunpoint and then at knife point. And then, of course, he was going to get to the point where he was just ramping himself up for it like most killers do. Right. They're like, I got away with this. I guess I can probably get away with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I get away with that, maybe I can get away with that. Yeah, that's the way they all think. They just keep hell. pushing it. So um, Alicia believes that Dolores still had something to do with it. She hasn't forgiven or asked forgiveness from Dolores and the one thing I do remember, and I'm sorry I didn't mention it earlier, the one thing that is a little strange, um, but really, oh, and I forgot to clear up the maid thing. <laughs> the, the one thing that's, there's two things that, if put in a, a different light, are part of a comedy sitcom. Okay, <laughs> what? One, yeah. one uh, during the investigation on Rocio's murder, the SUV that is ta- that was said to be seen there by the taxi driver that did a huge U-turn and went away. Mm-hmm. Was tied to what belonged to um, Dolores. That SUV. Del- yeah, they, they, at least Dolores had an SUV and that it matched the description that the taxi driver gave. And on top of that, that same SUV driven by two young men during like the search and, and the like the uh, what do you call it? The procedural crime scene mm-hmm. detail um, that SUV rolled up or an SUV rolled up with two young men in it who asked a bunch of questions about how the case was going. Now, those two guys, for as far as my knowledge, have never been identified but they were driving Rocio's SUV. They were driving her SUV. They were driving her SUV. Well, fucking shit. That changes quite a bit. It changes a bit, but neither of them were Tony King, and Tony King says he acted alone. And all the time, he did act alone. So there's that. And number two, and this is the really just curb your enthusiasm part, is that Dolores says that the reason that she was stabbing Rocio's picture was because her maid didn't speak speak a lick of Spanish. So she was trying to explain to her maid what had happened to Rocio without actually using 
Spanish. So she was miming to her that Rocio was missing and killed, probably killed or something, uh, with, the, with the stabbing of the picture. That's what she says she was doing with the, with the maid. <laughs> no, I was explaining. I was just explaining. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> you fucking framed her. It's a fucking murder. Yeah, my house. You're murdering. Fuck. Um. <laughs> Fuck you, Larry. Big up to Susie Asper. She's the best. The best. Um, that is. So those are two, two, two of the main things where I was like, those are shady. Mad shady. The fucking SUV thing is like. Yeah, the dude. SUV thing is super weird. It hasn't been fully explained in anything else I've read. I think. That, and I think this is what kind of holds Alicia back. From, but I mean. That would hold. That would hold me back. A little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Not even a little bit. I'd be like, you fucking. I'd, I'd, I would. I would say the same thing that she did. I'd be like. He is not fucking talking. You guys are in collusion. There's some other people who introduced you to, who introduced you to, and that's probably who those two dudes were in the in the fucking truck. There's you, you've got so much or, to around your head. I mean, maybe or maybe these two dummy, like two young dumb guys who just are really. I mean, it could have been me and Lori or me and you in like a car. And it just so happened to be borrowed from the suspect that we didn't know at the time was a suspect, and we're like. Oh, hey, what's going on? Oh, what's going on over here, huh? Oh, you guys got some blood? Is your uh, body being murdered over there? What's going on? Oh, what do you think happened? You think it was a stabbing or a shooting? How's the case going? You guys doing good? Oh, yeah, you guys are doing good on the case. Hey, you guys want some snacks? Because we... (laughs) Some snacks! We got some snacks in the SUV. Did you tell the other guys? Snacks! You like the car? You guys want some cookies or something? Some chips? (laughs) Chips! So, you know, because we don't know any more detail, and I haven't found anything more about these two guys, it could have been that. Yeah. It could it could have been, you know, just two dummies that just so happened to be in this car. I mean, it's really fucking coincidental, and if watching as much crime, crime shows as we do have taught me anything, that there's no such thing as coincidences. There is no such thing as coincidences. My theory, and this is just my theory, okay. is that maybe Dolores did see Rocio that night, and maybe they did get into an argument. And maybe she was in the SUV, but maybe they argued, and she left her there or something. And in that moment, that's when Tony saw her and took advantage of the situation. That's a solid theory. But Dolores, you know, it would, just, it would only hurt her to admit that. Solid. It's a solid theory, and as soon as you were seeing it, I thought of that theory, and I was like, solid theory, that Who knows? But um, Tony remains in jail, Dolores is out, and hopefully living a, a happier, better life now. And um, I think Scotland Yard and one other police, at least one other police organization, opened up... Uh, unit like a task unit to identify more victims of tony's because it is believed that he is the uh he is guilty of other murders that possibly took place in london and it has been confirmed that he had like other victims 
other sexual assault victims of him of his have come forward since the case. Yeah, like recently. So there's uh, th- this guy was is a piece of shit. And yeah, this is I hope they have a fucking bulldog, fucking Elliot Stabler type. It's fucking just like God, I'm gonna fucking find this stuff out. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's definitely a case of uh, public or you know what's it called. Um, public execution, jury by something. Oh, um, jury by media, jury by yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't, you know, Dolores de- deserved a fair trial, and she didn't get one. She didn't get one. She did not get one. But there are some fucking coincidences there, man. Yeah, and for every Dolores that has been exonerated, there's you know twenty who have not, simply for being an unfriendly face. Yeah. Basically or, is it. Because if she would have been a pretty lesbian, like, not that she's not pretty, but you know what I mean. Yeah. A lipstick lesbian, sure. it probably would have been different. Because nobody looked at Alicia the way that they looked at Dolores, even mm-hmm. though Alicia was also in this relationship. She looks like me. <laughs> okay, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next month with another exclusive episode. Check out Murder by the Coast. Check out Case File, episode 173. They do a much more concise job than I did today. I think you did great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Leave those ACs on, guys. It's hot outside. It's so hot. Thanks, guys. Bye.